0: Well, we got David Icke on the podcast. Uh, for two years I've been following David I've been following David Icke for longer than that, but he has become incredibly relevant. He was already selling out crowds. Um, he's written books for over 30 years. There's some out there shit. We didn't get into a ton of the out there shit. You know, it actually helped me when we talk about the archons and spirits and things of that nature as Watiko. Many of you, um, if you have not listened to my podcast with Paul Levy. On Dispelling with Tico and Quantum Revelation. It's a fantastic podcast where we dive deeply into that. And I know with Tico inside and out from my dark night of the soul with plant medicines. Um, and with the external world. Let's be honest. Like that that all, as above, so below. My dark night of the soul with 5-MeO-DMT flows right into uh, what I was experiencing. It happened in the darkest point of the year in 2020. Duh. Like, of course, of course, I was going to go down that way. Um, I'm super excited to bring you guys David Icke. Uh, We had an amazing podcast. I absolutely love this guy. I love what he stands for. And, you know, I really tried to steer this podcast as best I could. Um, Not in the same directions, even though it's all pertinent, but not in the same direction as Brian Rose. He's done six interviews with Brian. The final, I'm sure he'll be back, but the final one, um, was recorded just a couple weeks ago on London Real. I will link to that in the show notes for you guys. And I, I think it's like the Freedom TV platform or something like that, which is really cool what Brian's doing. Um, they did an excellent podcast. Three and a half hours, I think. It's phenomenal. I will also link in the show notes to a documentary called Renegade. It's available on Gaia. Y'all should be subscribers to Gaia by now. And um, Gaia has a lot of great info and there's a lot of great Ike stuff there that you can really deep dive if you want to, if you want to dive in. But Renegade is a documentary on David Ike's life story. And I absolutely love this. You know, I've read the answer. I've read Infinite Love is All There Is. They're incredible books, but his life story documentary in Renegade is beautiful because it's incredibly uplifting and it shows his spiritual path. And so I really try to dive into David's mind because truthfully and I say this on the podcast but David David's understanding of consciousness and quantum physics I put as high as any great spiritual teacher on the planet from Ram Dass to Eckhart Tolle obviously Ram Dass is no longer with us but any of those who have walked with me in the same time frame that I've been alive David can explain consciousness god whatever you want to call that in a way that resonates wholeheartedly with what I've experienced on medicine journeys and, you know, at the core in meditation and um, breath work. And he's he's dialed the fuck in, whether we want to believe that or not. And a lot of what he said has come to fruition. And, um, you know, he's, he, we, this is a really positive podcast, though. I promise you guys, I can assure you, it is a very positive podcast. There's a lot, a lot to celebrate in the world right now. And um, I think there's enough people not putting up with mandates and things like that, that we're starting to see the tide change. Um, You may notice, side note here, uh, I'm going to dive into into sponsors and all that, but side note, you may notice a lisp as I'm talking right now, and it's fucking unavoidable. Um, I'm going to have a dentist on who's a biological dentist, and uh, really what we got to do, because I broke my jaw on my 18th birthday, and I won't take too long with this story, because we can dive into that with the dentist, but... um, Uh, They put the first orthodontic in my mouth. I am going to have braces again. I broke my jaw on my 18th birthday, and that has caused my bite for the last 20 years, all through football, fighting, powerlifting. With the incorrect bite, it has created imbalances in my face, my jaw, accessory muscles, my bite. My neck is chronically tight in certain areas. This is going to fix all that. Um, and I'll dive into the science behind that airway obstruction, opening up the jaw importance. There's entire books that have been written about it. We'll dive into all that with the dentist, but please bear with me. This is going to go on for the next two years. So (laughs) we'll get the dentist on ASAP. That way I have a place to refer refer people to on why I sound like an ass clown. And I also will try to, I, I imagine I will, I will, um, steer myself away from all the S words as best I can. I Appreciate y'all, and if you can make it over this uh, comical sound in my voice for the next two years, then I'll know you're truly loyal. Either way, I continue to bring um, my bucket list guests on this show, and um, David is fabulous, dude. He is, he is. It's a great, great fucking podcast. It, it made me overjoyed just having um, that hour and fifteen minutes with him. I would have kept him for three and a half hours if I could, but uh, we had an hour. He went over. Really appreciate David's time, and we will for sure run it back. There are a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, share it. Share it with people, anybody anybody that you can before it gets taken down. We're going to try to put this one on YouTube. We'll see how long it lasts. And um, support these sponsors. You know, these sponsors make the show possible. And we have some really, really good, good sponsors. We're brought to you today by Optimal Carnivore. Quick shout out to this sponsor. Organ meats are some of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. Our sponsors prized organ meats for their vital properties. The founders understood the amazing benefits of eating organ meats, but found it difficult to source a variety of high-quality organ meat. They disliked the process of preparing them and trying to make them tasty. Guess what? So do I. So they started sourcing 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, freeze-drying the organs and then encapsulating them into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. They chose New Zealand because it is a pure source, a pristine land with rich soil, lush greenery, and one of the cleanest environments on Earth. The products are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and free of hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, and GMOs. They currently have a grass-fed organ complex that contains nine different organs and a grass-fed liver product. Grass-fed organ complex is the best one-stop that you can possibly put in your body. These are the most bioavailable micronutrients on the planet, and it's a powerful combination including beef liver, brain, thymus, heart, kidney, spleen, pancreas, lung, and gallbladder. I'm not eating any of that stuff. I've tried liver. It's it's decent. Kidney is fucking super rough. Um, I don't even know where to get lung or gallbladder, but you get all of this in one amazing and easily digested uh, capsule that you can take with you anywhere you want on the road. Uh, it's a supplement I take daily. It's a fantastic product, and it covers all your bases at home or while traveling. Check it out. Go to Amazon.com slash OptimalCarnivore and use code KINGSBOO10 to receive 10% off all products. We'll link to that in the show notes. Don't forget KINGSBOO10 at checkout. All right. If you'd like a shortcut to better sleep, more energy, and a calmer, more stable mood, then you should make sure you're supplementing with magnesium daily. Let me tell you why. About 75% of people are magnesium deficient. This deficiency can lead to higher levels of anxiety, irritability, trouble sleeping, and low energy. It can even contribute to foot and leg cramps while you sleep. Now, you might be wondering, does magnesium really affect all these things? Well, the answer is yes. In fact, magnesium is involved in more than 300 chemical processes inside your body. So a lot of different things can start to go wrong if you're deficient. Um, We dove into the science behind this uh, on my podcast with CEO and founder Wade Lightheart. So check that one out. And we really dive into this. Better sleep, more energy, stronger bones, healthy blood pressure. Yes, less irritability a calmer mood, and reduce muscle cramping, even fewer migraines. Check it all out on my podcast. And one of the cool things about this product that makes it unique is that there are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you got to get all of them if you want to experience this calming, health-enhancing effects. And Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers is that one product that combines all seven to help relieve stress and give you better sleep all in one bottle. Simply take two capsules before bed, and you're going to be amazed in your mood and your energy levels and how fast you feel like you're recovering uh, simply by adding this one product overnight. Check it out. Go to magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo and use kingsboo10 during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo, kingsboo10 at checkout. And uh, again, we'll link to that in the show notes. We're also brought to you by lucy.co. Lucy is, they're my nicotine sponsor. They're the fucking guys. These guys are awesome. Caltech engineers. Uh, and scientists actually developed this. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us have chosen to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you could feel good about? I love this stuff. I use it in the gym. It's a fantastic nootropic. All nootropics are trying to upregulate acetylcholine, and they take choline and some other, other plants, and that helps you make more acetylcholine. Nicotine fits into acetylcholine receptors in the brain, giving you better language, better recall, better memory action, and it is phenomenal. You feel good. It is euphoric. It is really, really good here. Uh, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. There's a reason for that. There's a euphoria. You feel good. It's calming, and it helps you. Um, it helps you focus. So there's a calm and alertness to it, the mechanism in, the, in the, uh, the window of action is pretty short. It's about 45 minutes. So this is something that I'll run in the evenings while I'm reading or listening to Audible before bed, and I could still fall asleep, no problems. Check it all out over at lucy.co and enter KKP at checkout. That dot promo code KKP at checkout, and you're going to get 20% off everything. We're also brought to you by insidetracker.com slash KKP, insidetracker.com is a website as well as an app for iPhone and uh, or iOS as well as Android. And these guys are incredible. They do all sorts of stuff. You can do your blood work at your house and a home genetics kit, and they will look at the snapshot of your current health from your blood work results as well as your total picture. What do your genetics look like? What is the long term? What does the marathon look like of your journey here on, on Earth? And then based on your goals and machine learning within the app, they formulate a systematic plan to help you achieve those goals. Do you need to lower cholesterol? Do you need to increase cardiovascular uh, function through running and different activities? They have lifestyle recommendations, workout recommendations, all sorts of great things, food recommendations, supplement recommendations, all through the app, which is completely customized to your one-of-a-kind genetics and your one-of-a-kind blood results, which do change over time. That goes straight to the app. And tells you how good you're doing. You get progress reports in real time. This shit is way better than going to a general practitioner. Way better. And it brings the power back to you. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/kkp and enter code KKP at checkout. Again, insidetracker.com/kkp. Code KKP at checkout. 25% off fucking everything. These guys are the best. All right. That's it for our sponsors. Make sure you hit them up. They are awesome. Let you know, let them know that I sent you. So don't forget those discount codes. And here we go. My dude, David Icke. You've spoken before about, you know, the the problem solution reaction. And if you understand the end game, the totalitarian tiptoe becomes pretty easy to spot. With the, with the relaxation of things in um, the UK in particular, do you feel like that's just a loosening before a tighter squeeze comes? Well, the, the point is that this
1: whole um, agenda of which uh, the COVID uh, hoax is part, a very significant part in the last two years, is, is global. It's globally dictated. That's why, you know, you've seen the the COVID era that most of the world has just responded the same and believed the same narrative and and done the same uh, things. Um, So, uh, you know, you can look at different countries and where they are in the moment, but it's still a global agenda. So where does this agenda want to be? It wants to be where Italy is. It wants to be where Austria is, just introducing mandatory uh, fake vaccines. Uh, Italy, which is uh, uh, ex- incredibly extreme in what they've done to people that won't have the jab and how they've marginalised them and excluded them from society, Australia, the Northern Territories of Australia, and um, and elsewhere in that country. Uh, you know, th- th- this is where they want it to be. It, like in uh, France, is uh, infinitely more extreme. Uh, currently, than uh, than England, um, so of, of course they are going to come back with um, uh, other cards to play. The the problem they have in this country is that we've had really massive pushback. Uh, the, uh, the the marches and rallies for freedom in London have been absolutely enormous. I've been to most of them. Uh, And they also have in Johnson's party uh, of government, um, not actually in the government itself, but what they call backbench MPs in the Conservative Party of Johnson, about 100 of them have been um, vehemently uh, pushing back on the restrictions. And what's come out in the last, like, 24, 48 hours is that um, Johnson was on the brink of basically locking down uh, England over Christmas and New year, which is what Scotland and Wales did which is which have different um, uh, leaders in terms of these um, these uh, subjects, these restrictions. Uh, but it was members of um, the the cabinet and um, the pushback from the backbench MPs that uh, stopped him doing it. Uh, and it was this is very credible because what happened was they were clearly preparing for a lockdown. Omicron, ah, and all that stuff just came out at the right time. Uh, and we have a um, a chief medical officer in Britain, your version of Fauci, and uh, he is a guy called Chris Whitty. He's a deeply dark and sinister man, and he's been uh, basically driving the. Uh, the restrictions and the, the fascism in in, uh, in England since it started two years ago. Uh, and he was pushing for lockdowns over Christmas and New Year, and then Johnson uh, suddenly decided he wasn't going to go with it. Uh, because, uh, I mean, you've you probably heard, he's also in trouble uh, with, or has been, with the revelations that uh, during... Uh, the time when the british public were locked down and told they couldn't see uh, granny couldn't go and see uh, you know couldn't be with 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 uh, loved ones when they died that they were having rave up parties in number 10 downing street so his credibility his ability to impose restrictions after that's come out uh is is ba- has basically been de- deleted and uh, so um a lot of things have, have come together the pushback the mp's the um the partygate as they're calling it uh to um make it very difficult for him to uh, to go to the extremes of austria and france and germany uh, and uh, well germany too yet yeah, but also um italy uh, but that doesn't mean that um they're just going to leave it. Um, but they have a problem in England, particularly in England, of selling this to the public now. Because, you know, uh, I, I, watched the, um, I watched the response when they announced the Omicron uh, <laughs> variant, variant, <laughs> variant. Variant, 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 <laughs> variant. And um, uh, uh, enormous numbers of people were just shaking their heads and laughing. Uh, that, that we're now going to try to frighten us into, into locking us down at Christmas again. People started to see it. You can only lie for so long before um, people with any modicum of intelligence realise that you're bloody lying to them. And we are there in England. So um, they will come again, but um, it's not going to be an easy uh, an easy play like it was in the spring of 2020.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, I love it. I love it. I'll I'll take the win where I can get it. You know, it's it's one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I want to count it as a win yet, but uh, it certainly feels that way. That's amazing. See, that's amazing. See, one of the things I've been
1: going on about um, incessantly since this started is where the power lies. See, all the way through um, history, we've had the same dynamic of the few controlling the many, all the way through every culture, every uh, era, all of it, because the population is tricked, mesmerized into believing that authority has power over them. But authority only has the power that the people give to, to them, which they then recycle back In the form of what appears to be the power of authority. Um, But the the, the fact is, ah, please! The fact is, the people have the power because they have the numbers. And, you know, what is happening in Canada as we speak is fantastic because it's an expression of that. You know, oh, yeah, we're in power, we're in control, yeah, we say what happens, and then suddenly all these trucks arrive in Ottawa and they don't know what to do because the, 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 the real power is with the people, it's with the numbers. And so um, this is starting to dawn on more people. This is a nightmare for the elite because they, they absolutely want people to believe authority has power. Because once you, you you break out of that mind trick of where the power lies, then it's it's over. And uh, so um, this is a, I think a pivotal time, a pivotal period in in, in human history, not just in relation to, 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 to COVID, um, but as I've said many times in the last two years, this is an opportunity to bring about societal change that breaks that dynamic between people and government, because that dynamic is this: government imposes government uh, orders, and the people respond to that. But in a true free society, government, which should be just making the the, the you know the roads work, etc., and and making society uh, work in that way government should be responding to the people it shouldn't be the other way around so when people say well um you know we've got to start a new political party or we've got to do this we've got to do that we've got to get into politics i don't think there's any need to do that you, you know, any new party gets squashed anyway the, the thing is to make the politics the politicians respond to us and that's what the truckers are doing you know instead of uh, sitting out uh, back in their homes responding to um, the the fake vaccine mandates, and oh, we're going to lose our jobs and all that stuff. They have done this and gone to Ottawa in those great numbers. And now the government's got to respond to them. The dynamics flipped. And that's what we need to do. You know, there's a a, a video on the internet, on on YouTube somewhere, I saw it a long, long time ago. It's called The Tiny Dot, if people want to go and look at it, The Tiny Dot, is still there. And basically, what it looks at is the number of people that control America compared with the number of people in America. (laughs) It's hysterical. (laughs) And when that penny drops, it's over.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's, It's certainly going great. I just had a, I was unaware until about a week ago, what was, or five days ago, what was going on in Canada. And it's, um, it's something that's really inspiring and, and gives me good hope. I watched uh, Renegade, which I think is phenomenal, and I want to recommend to everybody listening to this on uh, Gaia TV, which is a documentary about your life story. And one of the things that really struck me was not only that it was uplifting, that was great, but also that um, the amount of knowledge that you have, and I first got a real taste of that at the end of, I think, your first uh, interview of 2020 with with Brian Rose, where in the last 20 minutes, you finish so strongly about the nature of consciousness and what God is and what we are in our relation with that. And um, you could really see in the documentary, Renegade, how much spirit has been guiding you throughout this process, leading you to the right laws to look at, the right books to open. I want to dive into that because I think it gives people um, a better understanding of who you are and, and how you see things. And fundamentally, I, I put you up there with Eckhart Tolle or Ram Dass or any of the great spiritual teachers that have walked this plane as of late with your understanding of consciousness. What is the nature of the game that we're in? What is the nature of consciousness and, and what are we ultimately? All right. Well, I'll come up for air, Chris. <laughs> um,
1: you know, one of the very encouraging things for me um, has been to see, obviously, with the the passage of events in the last two years, uh, great numbers of people awakening to the fact the world's not run by the forces they thought it was were running it. Um, but so many uh, I'm seeing have gone on to the next stage, and they've said uh, things like, "It's a spiritual war, isn't it?" Um, and you know, I don't like using the word "war" and all that, but um, they're kind of going into this area where actually it all comes out of all of it. Um, and I was interested the other day. I was watching an, an interview with uh, Dr. Carrie Maday, You know the, um, the the lady who in America who's done a lot of great work looking at these vials and, and talking about what's in them. And uh, she's a Christian. And she was um, talking about her Christianity and she was using her Christian um, language, beliefs like Jesus and stuff. And I, I was watching her and I thought, you know, if, 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 if you take away the, um, the biblical kind of tone, what she was saying is what I'm saying. You know, we we we. You know, they say that um, the British and the Americans are divided by the same language, and and language does divide us in terms of religions, because uh, and and non-religious um, uh, spirituality, in the sense that we we get divided by the labels and the terms, and the characters. But actually, um, you get it down to basics, and it's the same story. What's fascinated me over the decades is to see how much is the same, how much is agreed, and that's hidden by what appears to not be agreed, and that's usually down to language and um, characters and what have you. So what I try to do all the time, is get back to the get down to the very foundation of where things are coming from, so we can get lost in the complexity. The world looks very complex. Uh, it appears to be um, almost uh, unimaginably uh, complex and and impossible to understand and follow. But what you're looking at when you do that, is you're looking at the way things play out. I try to always look at where they play out from. And it doesn't matter if you are black, white, Jewish, Chinese, whatever. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're some extraterrestrial race. Doesn't matter about any of that in the sense that Your behavior comes from your consciousness. Your perceptions come from your state of consciousness. Uh, And therefore, everything is perception, consciousness perception playing out. And from perception comes behavior. We behave as we do because we perceive as we do. And the collective behavior of the human race, we call human society. Human society is as it is because of human behavior, which comes from human perception, which is why this global cult, that I, as I call it, it's, its stadium, its absolute first and last target is human perception. Because if they can get that, they'll get your behavior. And if they get their be- your behavior collectively, they'll get human society. Um, what's clear when you look at um, religions of various kinds and you look at the non-religious spirituality and you look at the uh, the ancient tales of, 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 um, of, of um, native societies and the, the accounts and everything, there is such a common theme. It's almost laughable. It's so common. They just use different names. So... One of the great common themes is that there is a negative force seeking to impact negatively and manipulate and control uh, human um, society from the hidden, not something we can see. Of course, we see the way it plays out. We see the the Gateses and the Fauci's and the Klaus Schwabs, but we don't see uh, it because we can't see consciousness. We can only see, with our five senses, the way consciousness expresses itself through form, in terms of behavior. So you look at Christianity, and they talk about um, the devil, Satan, and the demons. You look at the Gnostic belief system, um, and they talk about their devil is Yaldabaoth, which they say is an energetic form. Uh, And they talk about the archons, which are the Gnostic demons. archons being a Greek word meaning rulers. Uh, you look at um, Islam; they talk about the jinn who manipulate human society from the hidden. And I, you know, I've talked to, to um, different people, like uh, Aboriginal people in Australia, because I've travelled hell of a lot before the COVID era. Unbelievable, man, actually. And and you see this recurring theme in America, the Amer- uh, Native Americans have a uh, various names for this same force, and the Cree tribe, which is the name I like to use, uh, which is uh, the tr- Cree tribal people in Canada and across the border into America. They use the term for this force, Wetiko, which they describe as a mind virus. Very good description. I, I was uh, fascinated to see that, read that, over the last um, 18 months, because I've been talking about this mind virus. I actually called it that way back in my books. So these common themes are fantastic, and and what this is is a negative force, and it's it takes the form actually of an inversion. It's an inversion of love. If you look at the word evil, it's uh live ri- written backwards. It's an inversion of life, and that's why when you look at um, blatant expressions of our, I'll call it Watiko, like satanism, everything's an inversion. That that's why they use inverted um symbols, that's why you have the inverted pentagram, the inverted cross, everything's an inversion. And then you look at human society uh, as an expression of Wittiko, and it's an inversion, everything's upside down. Um, I mean, we've seen a fantastic upside down example in the last two years with um, the medical profession and um, the medicine hierarchy that's supposed to protect health, destroying it. Everything's an inversion. Uh, and so, what is this Wotiko? Well, it, it's it's a a very inverted, distorted state of consciousness, and it operates because of its inversion, distortion, and um, chaos. It operates in a in a, a low frequency because uh, every time we um, we think, every time we we feel emotion, we're generating frequencies. A, a perception, our perceptions are actually a frequency field, the sum total of our thoughts, attitudes, and emotional state. And this fatigue is no different. And so um, you uh, are looking at this low-frequency consciousness. And what it's trying to do through its various forms, including uh, 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 expressions in form like this global cult, your gates and your swabs and your vouchers and all the rest of it is to draw human uh, consciousness into this frequency. So um, it can attach, it can possess, and it can perceptually influence. And what's been clear to me as I've studied this is that what we call fear is this watiko. I mean I talked to you know people like um Craig the Zulu shaman who talks about this force actually bringing fear into the world that there wasn't fear before but it brought this fear in because it is fear and it feeds off the fear the anxiety the um, low vibrational emotional states the depression of humans because if you if you're going to um feed of an energetic source, that has to be within the frequency band that you are operating in. Otherwise, like two radio stations, never the twain shall meet. So the idea is to pull um, humanity in these low-frequency states. So if you look at society and the way this culture structured it, it, of course, goes back a long way. It's it's, um, all about putting people in those uh, low-vibrational states. The last thing they want is joy. Um, love and uh, expanded awareness—that's the last thing they want. That's their worst nightmare. And and what I think you're you're seeing, um, I would say you're seeing in this uh, COVID era as things have unfolded, is blatantly in your face. Who has is influenced by WTCO, and who isn't? And this is this so-called spiritual war that people talk about. It's, it's a tussle of states of consciousness, one that is um, high vibrational and one that is low vibrational, seeking to bring the high vibrational into low vibrational states. So on one side, you've got people who are so uh, have so conceded their right to think, classic Wotiko, that they just do what. Um, authority tells them. Uh, They they don't question the jab. They don't question what's in it. They don't question the effect. They don't question the effect of masks on health. They just do what they're told. They believe what they're told. They have no uh, perceptual filter through which they can process information into a unique um, thought or a unique view. And then you've got another group, also with Tico influence, less less extreme than the one I've just talked about, because it can see other levels of this to the point where, for instance, it don't really want to have these jabs, and it don't really want to um, wear these face uh, diapers. But it does it anyway, because it fears not doing it. And whenever I mention the word fear, That's the influence of Watika. So these two groups, the unquestioning yes, sir, no, sir, and that which doesn't want to do it but does it because it fears not doing it, these are the, uh, the people that have conceded to the global tyranny of the last two years and have conceded to tyrannies going right back into history. These two groups are the reason for every tyranny in history. Because tyrannies are not brought in by the majority; they're brought in by a few people, uh, to which the these two groups, these two perceptual groups, um, concede their their um, themselves to the tyranny. They uh, acquiesce to the tyranny. Now, there's a third group, and well, my God, it's coming. We're get, we're getting there. <laughs> um, that uh, is not massively influenced by Hutica. And they're they're in a much more high frequency state because they've opened their mind from the five sense prison cell and allowed uh, other uh, more expanded levels of their awareness, consciousness into this perceptual process. And they're the ones, when you get into those higher frequency states, that develop the bulwark to all tyranny, which is. Self respect. It's self respect that says, I don't care how you try to intimidate me, I'm not doing stupid things uh, and being told to do them by stupid people uh, just because you tell me. If you want me to do something, authority, then you give me the evidence and you give me the background, you persuade me that what you want me to do is valid and the right thing to do. If you can't do that because you can't produce the evidence and of course they haven't then I'm not doing it. And they're the ones though the ones that say uh, through their self-respect I'm not I'm not um, cooperating with my own enslavement. They're the ones that have brought down every tyranny in history, the ones that won't have it. Um and so we are um I was I was I was doing it, at, an interview last night. It was actually a question and answer with a lot of people around the world. And some of them were in Canada. And they had a a, a truck driver on who was part of the the convoy. And um, he was saying uh, uh, or talking, and so was someone else actually from Canada who was in Ottawa, about the fantastic atmosphere uh, among the truckers and the people supporting the truckers. The love, the joy, the mutual support, this high energy state, and that—it um, was just an amazing thing to feel. They said, and I sat there knowing exactly what they were talking about because these big um, rallies and uh, marches in London, oh, well, I was one uh, last weekend, the, la- the latest one, which is which is fantastic. Um, you, you you have the same thing. You know, years and years ago, and I, I would go on marches or protests or whatever for against wars and what have you, um, but it weren't the same. No, no, it was not the same as this. What is happening now, as we're seeing in these various expressions like the truckers and the London marches and others, there is a new energy, there is a new consciousness emerging that is very different to what we've seen before. And uh, this is uh, uh, developing, and I hope it goes on developing, um, not just into pushback against the COVID um, fascism, but bringing about absolute societal change uh, by changing the dynamic between authority and people. Because if the people won't have it, authority can't do it. Simple as that, if enough of the people won't have it. Uh, and um, once you go into these more expanded states of consciousness, anyone could do it, you just open your mind and let it in, then um, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have uh, these impositions upon you. You're not going to cooperate with your own enslavement because your self-respect won't allow it. So there are some amazing uh, things going on, and I, I do absolutely see this... Um, these two expressions of these two states of awareness, love, and joy, and um, expansion, and realizing we're all points of attention in the same consciousness. And all the human labels are just fault lines of potential division when they don't have to be. And this other energy, which is seeking to manipulate, to suppress, to oppress, and to censor, and to silence.
0: I had Paul levy on the podcast. He wrote a book called dispelling with Tico in twenty eighteen It's fantastic fantastic, so this is super resonant with me um and I think I don't want to butcher the title because it was a few years ago when I read it but um or a couple of years back. you wrote a book all there is is all there is is love is that correct Infinite love is the only
1: truth everything. infinite
0: love is the only truth yes yes um speak to your experiences that have brought you there. I know you've done. Uh, ayahuasca. I have a long history with plant medicines. My, my, you know, my podcast has really promoted that as a doorway to higher levels of consciousness when done in the right container. Um, but that seems to be an access point, amongst others, for alternate states of consciousness. You know, holotropic breathwork from Stanislav Grav, uh, the original vision quest, no food, no water for four days in nature. These things always seem to put us in a place where even if the, the the hardest skeptic will be cracked wide open and they can finally see deeper levels of awareness that, that had always been there, but they weren't pervy to?
1: Yeah, uh, you see, uh, one of the things I've been um, uh, consistently talking about all these decades is the bottom line of this conspiracy, the bottom line of Wotico. And that is to um, separate uh, five sense uh, body mind, as I'll call it, from expanded states of awareness. Because it can't manipulate expanded states of awareness, not least because they, they, they are not in its frequency band. They, they, they need to, or it needs to, in through all its different expressions, it needs to disconnect um, the influence of expanded states of awareness on five-sense body-mind. And if you look at um, how the five senses decode reality, they see everything as apart from everything else. There's no unity, everything's separate because it can only visually um, decode a particular band of frequency, visible light, which um, overwhelmingly relates to what we call form. So if I look around, I see form and I see empty space between it. So to the five senses, everything's apart from everything else. And, and if you only get locked away in the five cents prison cell, then you are, a, you are a, a, a piece of cake to divide and rule with other people that see the world in the same way. So you, you have the divisions on race and religion and income bracket and all these things, um, which are designed to set the target population at war with itself. So that they don't look up and see that the same hands are controlling the strings to all of them. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're too busy fighting each other uh, and being divided among each other to see actually that we have a, a common, um, if you like, enemy that um, is running the show and is running this side and that side uh, and uh, all, all, all that, um, all in between. So this um, whole. Uh, five sense focus is the is the very bottom line because if you could go deeper into the field you would realize that actually there is no empty space everything's filled with consciousness energy possibility potential or we're, we're swimming like fish in the ocean in this sea of um, energy the the quantum field of possibility probability and and uh, this is what connects us. Everything is connected. When, when people say everything is one, what does that mean? It means we're all part of the same field of consciousness. We're just different points of attention within it. Uh, and so um, if you reach that point of understanding that we're all one and that whatever body we may be experiencing through, it's just a brief human experience, and not the I, which is the consciousness having the experience, then your ability to divide and rule for a start is gone. And also your ability to um, to deceive because the whole idea of this, I'll call it Watiko, is to um, focus attention and perception in virtual totality in the five senses and not be influenced by expanded states of consciousness. And then once you've isolated body-mind, you then program it through the control of information with the perception that you want it to have. Mostly the basic one is, I'm little me, I have no power, what can I do? And then the ur- to, to, um to manipulate. So if you look at a human life, from the time you're born all the way through to the time you leave here, the basic information you receive whether it's from science or medicine or education as passes for it is that it's all focused basically on the five senses the, the five sense world the perceptions of the five sense world are what are basically the foundation of virtually all the information that we get when i st- started uh, becoming aware of this uh, 32 years ago now my first question was why is this why is this stuff taught in the schools aren't well, the television programs galore, documentaries exploring this. And then later, of course, you understand why. Because that awareness of reality and the nature of the true eye would set us free. And that's the last thing that we need. So you, you've got um, two, um, two worlds within one. Uh, one is the world of the cult and the secret societies, and they're secret because they're keeping secrets from the population. One of the secrets is where the world's being taken. So everything seems random, daily events seem random to the population when actually they know here that they're totally coordinated. But the other thing crucial is they're hoarding the nature of reality and how we interact with it and how our perceptions become our experienced reality. And so um, they keep that from the people because they want the people to believe that life is random. Life is random events and random happenings during the day. And that um, everything is good luck or bad luck and all that stuff. So we don't realize that we are actually creating the good luck and the bad luck, and we're creating um, our experience through our perception. Um, they don't want us to know that, but they know that. And therefore, they know, like I said earlier, that if they can control our perception, they control our experience because they know that one becomes the other. How does it do that? Well, Like I say, um, every time we think, every time we we feel emotion, we're generating frequencies. And the subtotal of those frequencies become a perceptual field. They become our energetic field. And this energetic field of ours is interacting. This is the level in which we're interacting with the field of possibility and probability. So the more expanded our field, the more expanded our perception, the more expanded our self-identity, the more of this field of possibility and probability we're accessing and can manifest into into an experience. Whereas if you go the other way into the the five sense prison cell, which is where they want us, um, that creates a very uh, small perceptual field. Why? Because your sense of self is small and limited and thus your perceptual field becomes limited. If you think you're little me, you're not gonna have an expanded field of, of, of awareness. Not because you can't, but because you, you, your perceptions prevent you. So they want us in this five sense prison cell with this very, very narrow, uh, small band of perceptual field, and we'll interact with possibility and probability, the field in in that frequency band and and in that um, in that perceptual um, area, and thus we will. Um, interact with the field of possibility and probability on that level, we will manifest an experience that matches the perception. So little me perception becomes little me life. And what the awakening is, and we're seeing it more and more. God, have I I seen this unfold in the last 32 years? It's been especially more and more, which we've got closer to present moment. Um, Amazing, fantastic. It gives me such joy. As as that happens, as people awaken, what are they awakening from? They're actually awakening from the 5 sense prison cell. That's what they're awakening from. And and as they um, expand their awareness and and tap into more and more of this possibility, probability field, suddenly their life changes. Uh, they, They notice synchronicity in their life. Suddenly bits of luck turn up just at the right time. Suddenly it's like fancy seeing you here what what's the chances of that oh and that's amazing i mean a statistical chance tell me of that happening why because as people expand their consciousness further and further into the field the interaction with possibility and probabilities expands also and therefore what you can manifest um expands becomes more and more detailed and you know i have this phrase you know Start living life and stop life living you. When you take your perceptions from external sources of programming, life is living you through this process of perception becomes experienced reality. You're not living your life. Some, whoever controls your perceptions is living your life and dictating your life. But when you um, start to come to your own Perceptual state. You don't just take what someone else says and believe it. You come to your own unique conclusions. You start living life because life then starts responding to you instead of you responding to life. And this is the um the, the shift that um is going to bring this nonsense down. And, and it's the shift that this cult is. Desperate, desperate to stop, because its control is gone. So once we we understand what we perceive and uh, what we believe we perceive, what we perceive we experience, then we suddenly realise we've been in control of our life all along. We've just not realised it. That if you if you change your perception, you will change your life experience. So. Um, You know, we're having a nice chat here, but with different perceptions, we could be having a big bloody row now about something. And the only difference between one and the other is the perceptions of the people involved. Everything is perception, and this cult knows that. And we can take the control of them back. And this is why, as I said earlier, this shift in perceptual understanding of where the real power lies with the numbers in the people, not the few in the authority, that perceptual shift can change everything.
0: Speak about, you know, it, it, JP Sears is a good buddy of mine that lives here in Austin, and he does some great comedy skits that are quite revealing of uh, the government, the deep state, the cult, whatever you want to call that. And um, one of the things that he laughingly says, it's like they're playing cards with their hands face up. You know, Bill Gates wrote a book, uh, Klaus Schwab has a book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. They even have promotional videos, you know, that everyone, you know, that's followed this podcast and follow you is well aware of, you'll own nothing and, uh, you'll rent everything and you'll be happy. And it shows some drone delivering packages to your apartment. And then we've got Zuckerberg and the metaverse, which, you know, I had, I had a vision back in the day on, uh, psilocybin mushrooms of all the video games that I used to play and how I was playing a game within the game and how the game itself that was within the game was limited. It was not the game. And that ended my video game addiction like that. And I look at, you know, video game on a TV screen versus haptic feedback suits, ready player one. What, what that end game looks like where your everything you do is online. Everything is with an avatar and uh, you got to buy the NFT to get the avatar. That, that future seems to be one in which we're locked into for those that choose it, the, uh, the five cents reality.
1: Exactly. The- That's exactly
0: what's going on.
1: Um, we, we live in this, uh, manipulated, uh, world, this manipulated reality. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I've written at length that I think this is, this, this reality is actually a trap. I think it's a form of, um, of of virtual reality simulation. Um, But what they're doing now, and and that simulation is to so bewilder our perception that we lose understanding of who we are. It's all part of the same thing. But what we're seeing with the metaverse and augmented reality and the technological um, virtual reality is that new layers are being put on to the illusion, to the, the the fantasy world, to further, further, and further lock us away from the true I uh, consciousness uh, beyond the manipulation. And there's many, many aspects of this going on at the same time. So you've got your metaverse and your cyberspace level of that, uh, which is um, this this body, is a, you could call it an avatar for consciousness to experience this reality. So now, with the metaverse, the the avatar's got an avatar. How long before the avatar's got an avatar's got an avatar? And so on. And It's pulling people further and further away in their perception of self and reality away from from prime reality. Uh, And at the same time, if you look at it, this woke mentality, is subdividing the previous labels of a, of a human life. So they're going into greater and greater myopia of self-identity. And self-identity is everything. Self-identity, if you self-identify with the only with the labels of a human life, then you're identifying, self-identifying with limitation of I can't. You're, you're, you're self-identifying with the five senses alone, because that the, the five sense world is the world of the labels. Um, but what they're now doing, in the same way of the metaverse, the layers, in the same way, um, they are subdividing the previous labels into smaller and smaller um, self-identities. So this list of letters gets longer and longer and longer, where people are defining the I with, with even their sexual preference. Now, the se- a sexual preference is a experience. It's a choice. To have that experience, it's not you, it's not the I, it's not the eternal I. The I is the consciousness having the experience. It's not the label which, at the end of a, 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 a human experience, will will go with the body. It's it's a brief human experience, um, and and the more that you can make that myopic, you can you can get people self-identifying with the fine detail. It just staggers me, of sexual preference. Um, the further away you are drawing people, as with the metaverse and all these other virtual reality technologies, from the the, the infinite eye, and that's what this watiko has to do to survive, because this is about its survival as well. It's feeding off our energy. Uh, we are its energy source. You know, when the the Morpheus character in the Matrix held the battery up and said, "The machines have turned humans into one of these." That was a profound truth, symbolically, of of, of what's going on. Uh, So, um, yeah, these uh, these metaverses and stuff like that are all part of this uh, process. Um, But you know, it's um, it's also you you mentioned a few minutes ago about basically they're telling us, but um, what's what they plan with their books and their videos and stuff. But they have to. Um, I said this years ago. There's going to come a time when um, they can't operate under the radar anymore because if they're going to impose on society what they want, that society must become visible to the population. It must become part of the population's experience in the realm of the seen and the the experienced. They can't hide it anymore. I mean, you can, for a long, long time, you can... um, be under the radar and you're manipulating and you're changing it subtly and it's moving on and the population think it's all random and not connected. But there's a point where you you, you have to break the surface where you can see it. Uh, otherwise, society's not going to change as you want it. So they've now moved, um, this this happened, uh, I, could, I could saw this happen when Kurzweil, the uh, Ray Kurzweil, the Google executive, so-called futurist, um, Started talking about the fact that by 2030 the uh, the human brain would be connected to artificial intelligence, and artificial intelligence would do more and more of human thinking until human thinking, as we know it, is, was negligible. He actually came out with that, and I and, and he said oh, this will turn us into gods and and all that stuff. Um, and I thought you're, you're you're starting to sell this now. You're not trying to hide it anymore. You're trying to sell it. So what they've done more and more will see this if they've gone from hiding it to selling it from hiding it to the sales pitch that it's a good thing that this happens so oh you you won't own anything but you'll be you'll be happy you want to be happy don't you you'll be happy Uh, and uh, so we're seeing the sales pitch now and uh, it's uh, vital that and and it is happening despite the censorship that people um, have the information to see that um, the sales pitch like so many um is a um is a corrupt um uh door-to-door salesman trying to sell you a um a tyranny and a nightmare
0: yeah i'm happy you brought up ray kurtzweil I, I had a question for you that was based on a journey i had last year one of the very few that i had i found it hard either through opening up everything the collective consciousness but um they've all been challenging journeys in the last two years. So I had a journey with psilocybin and um, it actually allowed me to oscillate between the I consciousness that is love and um, what would amount to the end game of Kurzweil, the transfer of human consciousness into a machine. And knowing that when we are the I consciousness, we are eternal, we are infinite, we're already immortal. We just changed the avatar The opposite of that, when we were to keep one avatar without returning home, that would be eternal damnation. And that's not something I vibed with. You know, like growing up, going to church, I was like, that sounds like complete nonsense. And then then I got to live it. I got to oscillate back and forth and really feel into that. That would be the ultimate forgetting of the ultimate I that we are and the identification with something that who knows what the fuck that would morph into,
1: yeah, um, uh, uh, also you know this woodsy uh, doesn't have creativity. It does it, because it's not connected to the source as uh, in the way that um, source connected consciousness is. It doesn't have the ability to tap into that um, creative force. What the Gnostics used to call, uh, in translation, intentionality, um, and. They said that these archons, this Yaldabaoth, their version of the devil and demons, uh, didn't, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't create. It could mimic. It could, like um, you know, the the old um, Hong Kong um, mimicking of technology and and selling it as um, to people um, in a um, counterfeit state. They can do that. Um, in fact, um, one of the names for Yoda Beoth, uh, according to the Gnostics, was the counterfeit spirit, and Yoda Beoth, Witiko, whatever. And so um, they're feeding off human creativity also. And if you um, look at, like, the Silicon Valley corporations, the creativity is not coming from Zuckerberg. It's not coming from from the people that are fronting it up. It's not coming from the cult. The um, creativity is coming from humans overwhelmingly, and if you look at um, the banking system, this is a wonderful example of what I'm talking about. Banks don't create anything except fresh air money that has never, does not, and will never exist called credit. And what they're doing with that money is feeding to acquire more, off the creativity of the people. It's the creativity of the people that's running the businesses, that's coming up with the ideas. But to turn those ideas into into reality, to uh, make those businesses happen, they have to, because of the way the structure of the system is set up, they have to go to the banking system to borrow money that has, never does not, and will never exist, called credit. To do that, so uh, the banking system is one gigantic global vampire of human creativity, uh, and uh, so that's another reason they are terrified of losing control of humans and of humans awakening to their plight and to awakening to the fact that they have the power and not uh, authority with eco see anything that is in a low vibrational state like Watiko, anything that um wishes to harm wishes to oppress wishes to <coughs> excuse me impose is um is is not um a state of consciousness with power it's a state of consciousness that is in a state of weakness um so You look at all this censorship that goes on uh, by the Silicon Valley corporations, the media, and so on. Censorship is not uh, uh, um, an expression of power, it's an expression of weakness. Because if we had an open debate uh, with their information and our information, it would be over for them. So, censorship is is a state of weakness. Because you know you can't win your argument. You know that in, in a free-flowing state of information, you cannot persuade the people that you're right and that the way you want the world to change is the way to do it. You can't do it. So the only way you can do it, this is why this mass censorship in the COVID era, the, of the COVID hoax, um, the only way you can do it is to stop it, your um, your narrative being dismantled by censoring that which will dismantle it. So um, that's an expression of the weakness of this consciousness. And you know, if you look at the the again the dynamic between this cult and and the human uh, population, it's 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 actually um, all founded. The whole thing's founded not on the power of the cult. No, no, on the ignorance of the population. That's where it is. Because uh, when uh, humans uh, awaken to their two-eyed, third-eyed. Um, state of awakening it's over it's over for this long and so what they have to do and and it's very appropriate that their symbol one of their main symbols is the all-seeing eye a single freaking eye because that that's kind of symbolic of its um of its state of awareness and it's the one-eyed man and, and it, it's um a classic kind of um uh, uh, example of that phrase in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> in the kingdom of the human blind, the all-seeing eye is king. But they have to keep humans in a smaller box of awareness and a uh, uh, knowledge than they're in. That's where the secret societies come in, making sure that happens. Um, and so, um, this awakening uh, is is the worst the worst nightmare of this. Um, of this cult because it will bring the whole bloody house down the whole foundation of human control through the ages has been making sure they don't awaken so it's a fantastic time mate it really is uh, to um to be here and experiencing it and to watching it unfold many challenges to come but once this gains momentum this awakening from which everything else comes then uh, this this house of cards is coming down
0: I love it. I don't want to keep you past an hour, but I do want to ask you one question um, briefly before we go. Event two hundred one: chronicled events that transpired months later. It was well detailed in pandemic indoctrination, and of course, um, it's 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 well laid out. Uh, we've had we've had Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum almost perform the same thing for um, you know the effects of of a market crash. What do you think is, is going to transpire with that? Do you think the grid goes down? Do you think the, the, the banking systems are all hacked? How does that work out?
1: Well, I, 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 th- I think um, any of the above, really. Um, it's very clear that, see, the way they work, if you look back through history, and um, look back through the 20th century and uh, the 21st, um, is they're in a constant state of, of what is called creative destruction. Um, If you want to ultimately lead the world into the status quo that you want, this Great Reset status quo, which is basically China made global, and China and then some made global, then um, you've got to keep continuing in a sequence of destroying status quo so you can build another one which is closer to the one that you're heading for. So if you look at the First World War, that was creative destruction. I mean, I've, I've gone into it in detail in my books. First World War, it was totally bloody manipulated, uh, as was Second World War. And so um, the world after the First World War was the status quo was completely different. Whole new countries were, were drawn, lines in the sand were drawn, and the whole thing started uh, they changed. And then they had very soon afterwards Second World War, um, and that changed that status quo. And you had the uh, emergence of the Bretton Woods Agreement, the World Bank, the IMF, and all these centralized, uh, the United Nations, this whole uh, centralized, global centralization of uh, of power uh, network. And of course, a a wonderful uh, example of creative destruction is the COVID era. People look back to 2019, the the last months of 2019, look at the world now. It's, It's actually, funnily enough, it's nothing like it was. Um, so they're all they're doing this all the time. Now, what they want is a completely different um, financial system based on one single world currency, digital money, um, which of course they, they would be able to completely control. And to do that, they've got to go in for creative destruction. They've got to destroy what's there now. And they've started it, because, you know, this, um, this Great Reset is actually for, as we've been saying all these years, a, a global um, dictatorship based on a world government, world central bank, world army, world currency, et cetera. Um, and so they want the end of countries. So this COVID uh, period has not only been about um, imposing um, the fascism on the population, It's been about destroying nations, destroying countries. So if you look at America, I mean, I I had to read this twice and then check it again. Uh, When I read that um, 80% of the dollars in circulation have been put into circulation the last two years, I mean, that's extraordinary. Um, And so they have um, put these countries spending this fake money in the name of COVID. In enormous amounts of unrepayable debt. Um, they have, because of this infusion of money into the system, uh, started to generate uh, uh, increasingly um, e- um, enormous inflation, just another fancy word for saying the prices are going through the bloody roof and people can't afford to live. They have given China basically control over vast amounts of, of um, production and therefore the supply chain around the world of of lots of essential things lots of non-essential things as well um, and so uh, ch- China uh, um, can control the supply chain it's very clear from seeing interviews with people in um, like uh, container ports who've gone public who say look we're, we're being told not to push these not not to pass these goods on to hold them you know this so much of this supply chain is obviously manufactured. And, and what's that doing? That's driving prices up on the basis of, of um, supply and demand. So what we're seeing is this move towards destroying the current financial system. And you know, if you read some of their documents over the years, the plan the plan is to um, to create absolute mayhem, financial mayhem, societal mayhem and to encourage people to focus their anger and their, um, their hostility upon the government of the country for doing this, uh, and not see that there is this cult level in all its forms that is actually orchestrating the whole bloody thing. They want everybody to focus on the country, the country's government, and in that devastation, in that financial devastation, this cult in its various forms, not least the bank, the banking system, the IMF, all these institutions, they want to come forward as the saviour. It's in their documents. They want to come forward as the saviour and say, you know, things have got so bad and it's terrible and, you know, we can sort this out, but things have got to change. And then in comes your your, your, your great reset. And uh, this, um, this whole thing about you will own nothing but be happy um, is a, a very much connected to this devastation financially and this cult coming forward in its various disguises and saying, um, we'll sort it out We'll forgive the debt, you'll be fine, but all your possessions have to be given over, all your property, everything has to be given over, and and then we'll sort this out. And people will end up with a a guaranteed income that's trialing this now in some American cities, I understand, and other cities around the world. Um, And the basic income will be basically a pittance. Uh, And with everything else basically trashed apart from the cult corporations, um, people will find it very difficult to um, earn a living outside of the uh, the guaranteed income, and the guaranteed income will only get, be given if you do what you're told. We've had a precursor of this in Australia, where the the, the government uh, a few years ago now introduced this um, this uh, process, this policy that um, if you're on state benefits and you don't uh, have your child um, vaccinated according to the government schedule, then you lose benefits. Um, and what what the whole thing, again, if you go back to China, the China social credit system, you get credits if you do what the U, U government wants and you have them taken away. If you don't, you get excluded from society, basically, if you lose enough credits. That's what's being played out. Um, in, in the West and the rest of the world now, and, and all that we're talking about here with the, the financial transformation they want is all part of that to create a, um, a state of mass dependency upon the few, um, so that the few control, um, everyone else by that dependency. Uh, and, uh, so, um of course this crashing of the current financial system which has served them well but they want to go on to a new level now um is um is pretty much a certainty at some point uh, i would say
0: you've mentioned in the past peaceful non-compliance and building community with those that are around you as as two pretty necessary requirements to make it going forward as humans um You offered that as the third, you know, option three of the group of humans that are here um, that aren't saying yes and that um, really are taking a stand for their personal freedom and sovereignty. Is there anything else you want to add to that? You know, anything that you've learned over the last two years that, that you think would be really helpful for people to know going forward as we start to see other things and systems start to break and crumble around us?
1: Well, yeah. Well, there's two things really. One, uh, it's vital to um, have the pre-knowledge of what is planned, because we're we're at a point now where they have such control over a digital financial system that they can they can crash it, and it's very difficult to stop the crash because they control the system. Um, so, having that pre-warning is to start to um, uh, rapidly uh, look at how we would respond to that in terms of um, of of living, of surviving, of of living a life um, without getting caught in the trap of "we'll bail you out," but uh, and um, so what I'm seeing uh, is is that that these networks of open-hearted open-minded people, the kind of people that are in the truck convoy, the kind of people that uh, are in the London marches and so on they are starting to form these um, these networks of mutual support and it, it, we need to do that um, because um, uh, this this is uh, almost certainly coming because that, that they can do it and they want it to happen so it's you know it's very difficult to see that it won't happen at some point. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think that's uh, very important that people start to prepare for this, um, and look at how we can mutually support each other. And that means, of course, um, if, if very difficult, if you live in a city, but, you know, if, if you, if you, uh, got a community where you can produce food and stuff like that, it's, um, it's very important to go down that road and, um, and prepare for that when this time comes. Uh, but, um, you know, there's that great phrase that um, necessity is the mother of invention. And humans are human consciousness is incredibly creative and inventive. And when the need comes, those things um, come into, 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 into action. You, you often only use them when circumstance forces you into use them and to using them. And then you realize, hey, there are other ways of doing things. I never even thought about this. Uh, and if you look at um, you know how people have responded to the censorship in the mainstream uh, internet platforms with with alternative um, uh, forms of communication that are uncensored, I mean that's the classic um, example of the necessity is the mother of invention. So you know we've got we've got massive challenges coming, but uh, there's, and there's something else. Okay, they want to crash the system, yeah. But um, on, on another level, do we want the system to continue? Um, and, and if they crash it, maybe we can intervene and uh, go another way. Um, because you know, people live their lives; uh, they live in a house, maybe if they own it or theoretically own it, in which they go to a bank that lends them money that doesn't exist, called credit, and they pay back that plus interest for decade after decade after decade, just to have a roof over their head. Um, The whole uh, uh, system is top-down in position by the few on the many. Uh, The whole system is controlled. The direction of the world is controlled. Do we really want to go back to what people call normal? Do we want to go back to 2019? What we don't want to do is go where they want to take us in this great reset. But do we want to go back to 2019? Um, I don't, because there are other ways of doing things. And one of the th- one of the things that one of the perceptual traps is is being perceptually. Um, controlled by the system in the sense that you can't see an alternative. And, you know, people are born, and the world they're born into, they tend to accept, obviously, this is how the world is. And most people go through their lives without questioning, why is the world like this? There are other ways of doing it. They just follow and do the system rules. Life lives them. And I, I've, I've spoken at the Oxford Union, at uh, Oxford uh, University, a few times—not for a long time—where um, you have the, this, the, you go there for a debate and stuff like that. And and what what they do is they take you out for a bit of dinner beforehand. And uh, I was sitting on one of these occasions last time, actually, around a table and was sipping me soup. And there was a, 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 a some of the students around that were in the, the debate, and uh, and one of them was sitting there. He it, it, it couldn't have been more than eighteen. And this kid could not conceive of any society that wasn't top-down hierarchically controlled. It would never work. Um, He he simply couldn't do it. He was perceptually controlled by the system in the sense that he couldn't see any alternative to the system was possible. And people in general are like that. But when the system's uh, crashing, well, we've got to start considering maybe there are other ways of doing things. Maybe there are other ways of living your life whereby you might not um, have the possessions and the the things in the way that you did before, but maybe you will be happier because maybe human relationships will start to form that um, will override the... Technologically controlled, so-called human relationships that have emerged in the last few decades. Relationships are no longer between people; they're between humans and technology. People um, have allowed technology to become um, to become so addictive that you see it all the time. People sit around a table. And they're not talking to each other. they're having a relationship with a bloody phone because uh, people are being d- divided in that way. Now maybe if um, we saw there actually there are other ways of doing things and be, you know I'm, I'm coming up to 70 so I was born in 1952. I remember a world like that. There were no phones there were no computers when I was growing up. didn't exist. You talk to each other. There were no video games. You made your own fun uh, with your own ingenuity, your own imagination, your own creativity, because you had to. And, you know, people of of that kind of age are are able to see this extraordinary transformation in their lifetimes that has happened and and how technology has taken over. And it's taken over relationships because, of course, the relationship they're heading towards is the relationship between AI and the human bloody brain. <laughs> so uh, people don't even think anymore. AI thinks for them in, in totality. it's where it's moving. So maybe um, if, if, if uh, the system comes down um, on the way they want to the great reset, new status quo, maybe we can... Um, we can take that opportunity to have our own status quo and and live life in a different way. Um, because um, for sure, the life that we've lived so far is over. Um, it's it's not going to come back. Um, and uh, uh, we have to decide where we want to go and how we want to live our lives from, from now on. And it will be different. That doesn't mean it won't be better. It won't uh, mean at all that it won't be better. What um, what will um, what will make it not better is if we um, if we allow the, the Great Reset to happen, because because that will take tyranny into levels that are almost unimaginable, the perceptual tyranny. Um, but um, what are they eight billion of us? I think I can see a way out of this.
0: I can too. David, it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on this podcast. I've been dreaming of having you on since that March 18th interview on London Real in 2020. Uh, I really appreciate your work. I've been following you for a long time. God bless you, brother. We'll do it again in the future.
1: Cheers, mate. All the best to you.